Welcome to Can, Can We, we talk, talk About this? this? I'm your host, Amberly from The Power of Birth. And I'm your producer, Rajelle from Be Designs. And together we created this podcast to talk about women's health and the things that really matter. We have a real passion and focus on women's health and wellness and overall emphasize the importance of talking about maternal health. We chat to experts and continue sharing your stories. We're here to start the conversation, raise awareness, spread the word, call out gaps in the system and implicit biases. And we hope you learn something or even if you're just screaming yes the entire podcast. This is not a place for small talk. We're about real talk. And when we know better, we do better. And we challenge you to start this conversation elsewhere. If you subscribe to our website, you'll receive a free printable PDF file with over 30 motherhood affirmations. I wrote these affirmations at a time when I needed them and realized they could actually help others. You can use them as a bookmark, put them on your mirror, bedside table, fridge, or even the back of your toilet door, wherever you want, to help remind you of your strength, give yourself compassion, recognize perfectionism, rage, guilt, overwhelm, and enhance self-belief, self-love, and self-acceptance. You can give them to your family and friends, it would actually be the perfect gift for a new mum. Words have power, and I hope you'll be kind to yourself in this hard but worthwhile time. Head to thepowerofbirth.net to subscribe and download your free motherhood affirmations today. Pilates is one of those exercises that doesn't really get the credit it deserves. More often, people would rather maybe more high-intensity exercise or weighted workouts that make them sweat more and feel like you're burning more calories or maybe even tracking your strength. I get it. But Pilates is one of the helpful ways to listen to your body, recognize signs of instability or fragility. It is the type of movement that enables better flexibility, strength, and even this mind-body awareness and connection, not to mention the pelvic floor. So Laura from Unwind Pilates Studios in Newcastle joins me today to chat all things Pilates for pregnancy and postpartum and the impact those events take on your body and how the power of Pilates can help you. Okay, Laura, why don't you start off telling us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do? Thanks so much for having me on here. Uh, I am a mum of two little boys who are nearly three and five, and I own the Pilates studio, as you mentioned, up here in Newcastle. I also have an online postnatal program, and I've just launched an online membership as well. My goal in what I do is to teach women in the pre and postnatal periods of their life about Pilates and how it can improve their strength and give them a little bit more energy. I also try to be really open and honest about the challenges of motherhood and the reality that all of these things can be done if you just take advantage of the time that you have available to you. Uh, My first ever Pilates class was down in Sydney back in 2010. I did it during a lunch break in a job that I didn't love and I just thought that the class was the best thing that I had ever done. I knew that it was something that I wanted to do forever Um, and so much so in the end I changed careers so that I could do Pilates every single day. And you've kind of never left. (laughs) Never left, no. I wanted to ask, because I find it interesting that you found Pilates before babies. Yeah. For me, I found Pilates after babies. Yep. Through women's health physios, because they generally all are very well-versed in Pilates and use Pilates as a part of their rehabilitation with a lot of their their patients. Yeah. And I was six weeks postpartum with my first son. Uh, quite a traumatic birth and resulted in a third degree tear, 3B tear. And I went to like this hospital-based Pilates, postnatal Pilates program Mm -hmm. with 
uh, one of the physios there who was kind of doing it. I guess because of my pregnancies and things as well, I had hyperemesis, so I wasn't doing much moving yeah. and exercising or anything like that. So I had lost everything yeah. from what I had prior. And I was quite fit and strong prior. Yeah. So it was quite actually confronting doing Pilates and not being able to, you know, when you're doing like a hip thrust, not being able to get my bum off the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was very confusing for my brain. I'm thinking, what is happening? Yeah. Like lift. Why am I, yeah. why can't I lift? Yeah. You know? Anyway, that was my first taste of Pilates. So it wasn't actually the best because I couldn't do a lot of it. It wasn't until I had my second baby that I was like, oh no, Pilates is everything. But I also credit that to a lot of the women's health physios that I saw as well, incorporating that. So I wanted to ask you, how did Pilates change for you after you had babies or while you were pregnant? Oh gosh, so much. Pilates for me became like a maintenance thing. So I was just maintaining the strength that I had built up until that time. And then as the pregnancy progressed and I was getting bigger and heavier and my body was shifting and changing, I would go there and say, well, this is hurting. That's uncomfortable. I'm feeling this here. And by the end of the class, my body would just feel so nice again. Like all the aches and pains were gone. I felt like I was aligned again. I felt like I could actually hold my body in a way, you know, that didn't cause all of these aches and pains. You know, as you get pregnant, your shoulders drop forward, your breasts get bigger, your belly gets bigger. Everything kind of forces you into that where we would spend most of the class sort of strengthening up through my back, opening up through my chest. And so I would just feel more aligned in my body. I also found it really interesting. I had taught a lot of prenatal Pilates and I had done the program, but experiencing it firsthand was really, really different. Like I would push people. Big difference. I would Big push difference. people so hard and then I got pregnant. I was like, I'm so tired. I don't want to do all of that. I would be totally happy stretching for the whole hour. Yeah. Whereas I was yeah. always like, right, we've got to work your glutes, work your shoulders, make sure your abdominals are on, stretch your pelvic So it was there was just a bit of a change in the understanding of actually growing a human takes a lot out of you. Even if you've literally done nothing all day, you might've grown mm-hmm. like teeth that day or hands. Yeah. So your body's working very hard anyway. You don't feel like you're doing a lot necessarily. Your body is working. And so you have to kind of honor that and adapt accordingly. So on the Mm. days when I was feeling good, I'd be like, I'm feeling good. I want you to go hard. So we do more strength work. And then on the days where for whatever reason you'd had a bad night's sleep or I had lots of round ligament pain the first time around. So there was a lot of exercises to help with that, a lot of spinal mobility to help with that. So I guess the, the change was just finding out what my body was feeling and programming for that. So how is Pilates different to yoga then? Because I guess when you're talking about stretching and things and maybe someone listening is like, well, isn't that yoga? So Pilates is based on this 34 original exercises. And then over the years, it's come to be like, I think there's about a thousand different exercises. So like yoga, you've got your set series of exercises. And also like yoga, you've got that mind body connection. And there's also a big connection to the breath in Pilates, like in yoga. Um, But I guess the differences are, although you're using muscles and you're holding poses in yoga, there is a little bit more focus on stretching, just from my personal experience of doing yoga. Um, There's also a little bit more of a spiritual element that isn't really there with Pilates. 
Um, and Pilates often you're using, so if you come to a studio with reformers or trapeze tables, you've got springs that make exercises either more challenging or easier, depending on what the exercise is and what your body needs. The big difference between, uh, say, a studio versus a like a yoga studio is that the classes are more tailored. But if you're going to a Pilates studio where they're doing like mat classes or reformer classes, you're going to get that group feel like a yoga studio. So I guess the similarities are you've got the breath, you've got the mind-body connection. It's based on a bunch of exercises. But the differences are um, with Pilates, it's a little bit more strength-based and it's about one of actually the main, main difference I should have said is Pilates is all about your powerhouse. So your shoulders, your glutes, your abdominals and your pelvic floor and also your back. It's about building the strength in your kind of torso area, creating that stability around your spine so that all the other movements become easier. So I I noticed how you said before when you were talking about once you'd fallen pregnant or had your babies, your body was changing and you, you noticed this significantly while doing Pilates and you knew that you had to kind of change the way that you were doing things or pushing yourself. So then what are the benefits of doing Pilates in pregnancy if you say can't do it like in a regular Pilates class, you're doing a prenatal or antenatal Pilates class? Why would a woman then go to that? The main reason a lot of Pilates is done lying on your back. And mm. when you're pregnant, that is contraindicated. Mm. Um, some new research came out, I think it was last year, um, and showing from, I think it's about eight weeks onwards, lying on your back for more than five minutes can decrease the blood flow to the baby, even yeah. if the mother can't feel anything. So all of the antenatal Pilates classes are done either sitting or propped up or on your side. So mm. you don't actually have to modify anything in the class. Whereas if you just go to a standard Pilates class, pretty much every exercise you've got to ask the teacher for a modification and depending on their training that might not be something that's possible and it's also going to impact the flow of the class and one Mm. of the sort of key um, aspects of Pilates is the flowing element so you move from one movement into the next movement into the and it's really fluid so if you're constantly having to adjust because you're pregnant it's disruptive Mm. for you it's disruptive for the class and it's also challenging for the teacher because they're trying to make sure that everyone is getting what they need Whereas mm. if you go to a specific pregnancy class, none of that is going to be a concern because it's all going to be programmed for your body. You'll also be able to find some other potential mums. And often if you've both come to Pilates, you've got a similarity already, not just you're pregnant at the same time. You've both, yeah. if you've sort of decided to go and do that, you're both thinking about your body, your wellness. So often that's one aspect that is good, but there's usually a few other things and a few other similarities. So you might find a mum friend and you're sharing that journey. And sometimes it's nice to have someone that is like really close in terms of your due date. Yeah, Um, That's how I made all of my friends in Newcastle. And so that is an aspect that is really, really important. And especially at the moment with lockdowns and COVID, a lot of the usual ways to Mm. meet people are not there anymore. Yeah. So trying to build that community of like one like-minded women is really really important and doing a specific prenatal class is going to allow you that opportunity to meet somebody else who you might get along with and be able to share 
all the good stuff, but also all the really bad stuff. So if you're pregnant, then how often should you be doing this? Yeah. Um, Like would you be able to go every day? You should be able to go every day um, if you're doing the prenatal classes. I mean, if you can only go once a week, then start there. I always say if you can get to a minimum of three a week, you're going to notice the difference. You're going to feel amazing. You'll actually start to remember all of the exercises and be able to start adding it in. Um, The thing with Pilates that I didn't mention before as well is it's based on posture and alignment. Um, And so it's not just what you do in the class. It's how you take those learnings into the rest of your life. Um, And so if you're doing it more often, there's less time to forget all of those things. So your posture becomes better. You hold yourself better and you actually build strength quicker the more you do it. Mm. Yeah. But if, if, if once is all you can do, do it. Yes. Yeah. Um, because you will, even just that once a week, you will feel great after you've done the class. How important is implementing the breath in Pilates? What element does this play? What part does the breath play? Yeah. So breath is obviously really, really important for life. Joe Pilates, the inventor of Pilates, um, was obsessed with breath and felt that if you could master breathing, then you could master life. Um, so breath is really, really important because when you can get your breath to work or when you can work your breath into your exercises, you can get more assistance from the muscles in your body. By breathing more, the, the idea is you get more oxygen into your blood, which is going to boost how you feel as well. Um, the only thing I will say, sometimes when you first start doing Pilates, the breath can be really, really overwhelming because every exercise has a pattern. So if you're pregnant, you've never done Pilates before, you have mum brain because that happens when you're pregnant. And then the instructor's going, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Sometimes it's really hard to remember all of the things. So although the breath is important, what's most important is remembering to breathe. I yes. see a lot of breath holding going on. Yes. And that's not ideal because when you hold your breath, pressure builds in your abdomen and often it's going to escape either via your pelvic floor, which is usually the weakest link, or through like your um, linear alba, which is the line between your rib and your pubic bone. Um, mm. It can sort of exacerbate things like diastasis recti or abdominal separation. Mm. Um, so learning to just breathe is the most important. And then as you start to remember the exercises, you'll be able to add in the breath and it will deepen your understanding of your body. It will make the exercises more challenging and it will often help with your stability during the exercises as well if you can marry up that breath with that move. Yeah. I also think that the breath brings kind of like that mind-body connection yeah. awareness. That yeah. That's something that Breathwork in Pilates did for me. Yeah. But also endurance I found that when I would focus on my breath I could kind of go a bit harder or go a bit longer or yeah so it was interesting so it's almost like takes you out of like say for example if you're doing the hundred which is a really famous Pilates exercise and not one that you would do in pregnancy or early postnatal because it's a lot of work but Mm -hmm. when you get in the zone and you're breathing in for five arm pumps and you're breathing out you kind of can forget my neck hurts my abs hurt my legs are working my arms are you're just like I'm breathing in I'm breathing out, I'm breathing in. And so it sort of blankets out all the other noise and all you're focusing on is you and breathing and and that breath. And Mm -hmm. one thing to mention as well, using breath 
in pregnancy and birth is really, really important because um, different breath patterns can activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is like your calming um, rest and recover. I'm trying to think what the acronym. So you've got fight or flight, which is your sympathetic nervous system. And then you've got rest and digest. I knew there was a little funny, funny word, yeah. um, which is your parasympathetic nervous system. So learning how to harness your breath to bring you out of that fight or flight and into rest and digest is a really great skill prenatally. And it was one that I was so incredibly grateful for. It helped mm. me definitely my first birth and my second birth as well oh, um, yeah. to, to just be calm, even though there was a lot going on. Um, it helped to, to get me in the right frame of mind and to be calm so that when all the different stages were approaching, I was sort of a bit more ready for them. So what about your pelvic floor then? Because we we're talking about how women's health physios generally are connected very well to Pilates and they use a lot of that in their, in their rehabilitation and treatments. But I, I, I realize you're not a women's health physio yeah. either, but I do understand that almost all Pilates instructors have a basic knowledge of pelvic floor. Yeah. And that's something that you don't really get in kind of the fitness industry. The pelvic floor kind of gets left behind, which is really unfortunate and sad, but that's why I love the mummy trainer. I interviewed her in episode four Yeah, and she goes right into that. Yeah. But that was something I noticed about Pilates and something else that drew it drew me to Pilates. Yeah. So what, what can Pilates do for your pelvic floor? Yeah. So, um, because it works so much on the breath, I should, I'll do a little anatomy lesson. So you have your diaphragm, which sits, you know, underneath your rib cage, and then you've got your pelvic floor, which sits underneath all of your internal organs down the bottom. When you breathe in your diaphragm descends so that your lungs can fill up with air. And when you breathe out, your diaphragm lifts back up your pelvic floor does exactly the same thing. So it is also a diaphragm. So when you inhale, it relaxes. And when you exhale, it draws back up. When you've had a baby sat on that pelvic floor, it's a set of muscles. So sometimes it just sort of gets a little bit lax and it can lead to pelvic floor issues after pregnancy and sometimes even during birth. So by harnessing that breath, focusing on engaging your abdominals, drawing up your pelvic floor, you can help to keep the tone of those muscles. So even if your Pilates instructor is not necessarily cueing your pelvic floor, by cueing certain breath patterns, by doing certain exercises, your pelvic floor is going to be working because it's a muscle that's attached to bones. So if you're doing glute bridges, if you're doing squats, if you're doing lunges, your pelvic floor has to work to support your body as it does these movements. And so inadvertently, your pelvic floor either maintains strength or gains strength. But then when you do your pre and postnatal education, you focus a lot on the pelvic floor. So you learn even more about the importance of breath. You learn even more how to engage it, the different types of contractions that are available for those set of muscles. And then also, if you are a pre and postnatal Pilates teacher, generally, you are very well connected with your women's health physios because Ah. I know all of the women's health physios in Newcastle. I refer to them all. They refer to me because this is interesting. Yeah, it's really, really important. These women are going to change the lives of your clients more than anything else, really. If you've had a client 
if you had a traumatic birth, there's only so much that I can do as a Pilates teacher. I have to realize there's an end of my scope. And the first person that I refer to is always a women's health physio. If you can have an internal exam, that is going to tell you so much about your body, where it's at. And also generally they'll give you a plan of where you want to be. So sometimes you need to find the right physio for you. Yes. Um, Different physios have different ways of working. So some are really focused on the pelvic floor. And sometimes if you're wanting to go back to doing a sport that you love, you might need one that's got some sports physio background as well because they're going to be thinking long-term she wants to be doing this, which means she's got to build strength in her, so running, for example, build strength in her calves, flexibility in her ankles and her knees, strengthen her quads, strengthen her hamstrings, strengthen her glutes. And so then they come back to me and they're like, right, she needs to work this, 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 release this muscle. So then into their program, I'm like, right, we've got to do that every week. But then also I'm noticing she's stiff on this side. So we're going to lengthen that up. This side needs more strength. She needs more rotation. So the programming that I give is based on what their clinical findings are. And then I use the exercises to help bolster what they're doing. Yeah. So oh, that's so great. I really wish that this was kind of the norm. Oh, so do I. It makes me I so can't upset. say that it is. Yeah, no, I can't say that not. it is. Like it, no. I sometimes think like, oh, wow, because in my little field of, you know, however many followers I have, they know about the pelvic floor because I talk about it. But then I meet new people and they're mm. like, I never knew this. No one ever taught me. I'm like, oh, they, oh they've come from their obstetrician. They're like, oh, well, you're just going to wee for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why are these people telling them that? I know. Like that is They're not... uneducated. That's why. Oh, and it's, but I'm like, but like as a as a birthing woman, you expect yeah. that your obstetrician is going to be able to point Absolutely. you in the right and they're not and it GPs yeah. are the same and it's Yeah. it's not necessarily their fault. They're doing a lot of other things. Yeah. You know, they're experts in what they know, but I just wish there was more. Like I signed the petition um, I think I signed it yeah, the first time birth I saw trauma. it and I've tried yeah. to sign it again. Like I had a girlfriend who lives in Brussels and she had 15 or 18 pelvic floor visit, like pelvic floor physio visits after birth, all mm. on the government. I'm like, oh, my God, even just two. Yeah, this is the thing. It's kind of like we are really behind We're in really this. behind. France is amazing as well. Yes, um, yeah. So I'm like, you know, I know it's going to cost a lot of money, but basically what they found in those countries is – if you tackle the problem head on early, prenatally, post, very yes. early postnatally, yes. the cost to the economy is so much less in 50 yes. years' time when all of those women go through menopause and everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. Because as you go through menopause, your muscle tone decreases. Pelvic floor is a bunch mm-hmm. of muscles. So that reduction in estrogen, that reduction in muscle tone leads to all of these little you know, it might have been when you were in your 30s, oh, I just wee every now and then. When I jump, when I sneeze, I don't jump on the trampoline anymore. But then when you hit menopause, you suddenly, everything falls out, you have a prolapse and you have permanent incontinence. Yeah. And you've never, ever heard of your pelvic floor. You've never thought to do anything about it. And you're now like 50 or 60 or 70 mm. having to go and see a pelvic floor physio about something that is really, really private and, and foreign to you and, foreign yeah. and having to do these internal exams and it's yeah it's really scary so I like I do appreciate trying to you know if I can educate 10 mm. women to go and see a pelvic floor physio early yeah. deal with the problem now and not have those problems later I'm like well that's yeah. 10 women that I've really really helped 
yeah, I just want to sort of shout it from the rooftop. I'm like, please look up. I know. Yes. Yeah. And it's definitely something that we should be talking about, but it's also something that just frustrates me too, I guess, in the women's health sector, because it's like pelvic floor. Well, I really think that women's health is kind of secondary to just general mainstream health. That seems to be, you know, <laughs> ongoing <Yeah. laughs> for a very long time. Yeah. And, uh, but that's why I think having these conversations about it is important because someone could just be hearing this, uh, you know, in a distance sort of thing and think, oh, pelvic floor, oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, and connect the dots. And yeah, it could absolutely make a difference. And I think women around me that had conversations about their pelvic floor, while I was aware of it and I knew what it was, I obviously didn't have the knowledge that I have now yeah. seeing so many physios and all of that. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely, it's like planting a seed. Yeah. yeah. So and that they're aware. Yeah, exactly. And like, there's some big push. I know in the UK, there's a lot of work going on over there to change what they're educating girls about. Yes. And when that gets passed over there, hopefully it will trickle down and come to Australia as well. And I don't know necessarily teaching a 12 or a 13 or a 14 year old about things that might happen when they've had a baby in 15 or 20. Obviously, like, yeah. But I just think focus more on long-term health for mm. your vagina, your pelvic yeah. floor, your vulva. Yeah. Use these words yeah. that are like these taboo words because yeah. we all have them. Mm-hmm. Stuff goes wrong with them and you don't want to be so terrified of this thing that's gone wrong that you do nothing. Yeah. Or you Google and it's like, oh, this happened, this ha-. Like there are things that can be done and it's not necessarily straight to surgery with mesh that you're then going to have to get removed. And there's a lot of fear mongering. And I just think there's actually a lot that you can do that doesn't require that much effort. Like it's some Mm. exercises, it's making sure, you know, pelvic floor, for example, making sure that you never get constipated. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it can have markedly amazing effects on your symptoms and, you know, making sure that you maintain a certain amount of, of, movement every day like there's things that you can implement into your life to have impact on the symptoms that you might be experiencing and I think the more we talk about it with as many people as we can it will filter down till eventually it's not this foreign thing where you don't find out about it until you have a prolapse you pee every time you stand up out of a chair you can't Mm -hmm. pick your babies up because you're just in excruciating pain all the time it's always at that point, you're like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. And you finally Google after five sessions on Google, someone comes up and says, you should go see a pelvic floor physio. And then you go and you're like, oh, my God, why didn't I do this months ago? Yeah. Or years ago in some instances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, pelvic floor aside, yes. what are some other benefits a postpartum mum or woman can gain from Pilates? So there's a huge mental health aspect. I know here in my studio, um, I try and put all the mums together so that they can just have that commonality. They come in, they're like, oh, how was your night? Oh, and then some, like, it's really nice to have different ages of children because they're on different journeys and like, oh, maybe try this and try that. So there's like a sharing of these experiences and, oh, you know, he walked for the first time and everyone cheered. Like, it's just, it's a really wonderful aspect that I noticed when I first started teaching Matt mum and bub classes, they would get together and they'd just like hang out outside for like an hour talking about their kids and their life and what's changed and this new park that they've found. So again, it's that finding a community of women that you can share this experience with. 
also postnatally. So pelvic floor is one thing, but there are other parts of your body that are really important after you've had kids. Um, so your glutes, your upper back, and your pelvic floor on top of your core. So I call it the gut. Glutes, when you are pregnant, your posture changes. Your pelvis starts to tilt forwards. So the glutes are almost, I mean, they're not impossible to activate, but they're much more um, difficult to activate. So often when you come out of pregnancy, you have this sort of like flat bum that even if you had a really per- perky bum, you come out of pregnancy, it's not quite as perky because the activation has been different during pregnancy. But the glutes are the biggest muscle group in your body and will help to stabilize your whole pelvis area which after you've had a baby is also really important if you've had a vaginal birth your pelvis has expanded to get that baby out and then it's closing back up again so you really want to make sure that all the muscles around your pelvis are gently coming back together drawing your pelvis back together so that you feel stable when you walk and as your kid gets bigger you need to be able to pick them up a thousand times a day lay them down sit them in the cot there's all these weird postures so you need to make sure that your body is able to be flexible enough but also maintain strength so pilates can focus on that especially in that postnatal period Mm. um so there's yeah the, the mental health aspect there's the targeting the body in the areas that you need so the upper back as i mentioned when you were pregnant there's a lot of this when you have that baby there's even more i think i read if you um, breastfeed, it's like 1,800 hours in a, in the first yeah. year of life. So I imagine even if you're bottle feeding, it's got to be up there at like oh, yeah. at least 1,000 hours sat like this, padding, yeah. rocking, on a yeah. ball, up and down, squatting, doing all these weird positions to get your baby yeah. to sleep. So that is going to have an impact on your body. So your postnatal Pilates classes are going to be helping you to open through your chest, strengthen up through your back to help alleviate the pains that come mm. with new motherhood because all the mums that are going to like my back hurts my shoulders mm. hurt so it's a way to reverse some of that posture that you spend hours in yeah and it can even be from birth you know because I remember it was after my second baby so I'm now 16 months postpartum and yeah. it really I'm only at a point now I was just saying to my husband the other day I finally feel like my body is sort of where it was before. Yeah. I, this is after two kids and I'm 16 months postpartum with my second. Yep. And the the toll that that takes on your body, and, you know, some people do kind of just breeze through yeah. it in a way where it looks like nothing happened. Yeah. That certainly wasn't me. Not me either. <laughs> uh, but I do, and I do think, like, this is where the power of Pilates kind of comes into it because I saw an osteopath who was trained in clinical Pilates. So she used a lot of Pilates maneuvers and movements in her treatment for me. And then obviously tells me to go away and practice them and do them, you know, in the weeks before I would see her again. And I did Pilates because I had a lot of um, the pubic pubic bone synthesis or whatever it's called. Oh, awful. It was, I mean, it was awful during pregnancy, but it, di- it didn't go away. And, you know, I was really kind of unstable. Um, my body was really unstable. So she was trying to get me back to a place where I had no pain. Yeah. And, I mean, it took a significant amount of time. But Pilates was the answer because then I joined a Pilates studio and I was like, oh, I'm doing all of the things my osteopath was telling me to do yeah but now I'm in like this group setting 
where it's like, you know, time and a place. Yeah. Sometimes like when you're at home with the kids, oh, yeah. I'm not remembering to do my little bits nope. here and there. Having you know? that routine <laughs> can be really nice. And having someone yeah. else, like sometimes if you've had, if you've been up 10 times a night, the last thing you're like, oh, I'm going to lie down, I'm going to do a pelvic velvet curls and then I'm going to do yeah. something where you just go and then it's like, right, now we're going to come into this. Put your feet here. Do this with your yeah. breath. If you just listen, yeah. you can kind of get lost in what they're saying. Still move your body but not have to use your brain so much, which, yes, with, yeah. you know, that mindfulness, one of the lovely things about Pilates, particularly if you're a new mom, is you are only thinking about yourself for that 15, 20 minutes, yeah. half an hour, however long the class is or however many minutes of the class you get because the kids don't always just sleep for the hour. I've had a few mums that have had those kids. I had one of each. I had one kid that was like that and one that was the complete opposite. But for however long you're moving and thinking about your body, you can't think about all the other stuff. The washing, mm. the dinners, the food, That's the, right. the the weaning, what's coming next, what leap are yeah. they in, what, oh, what's tonight going to be like, when am I going to yeah. talk to my husband again, when am I going to see my friend? All those thoughts get pushed away just for a little bit and yeah. you just feel nice and clear in your head when it's over. Well, I wanted to ask you as a postnatal Pilates instructor because that was something that I, I really struggled um, I guess, taking my baby places with me when I wanted to do something. So I think we really need to kind of lower our expectations a little bit as a post postnatal mum doing postnatal Pilates because, like you were saying, you're not maybe going to be able to do the whole class. Baby needs to be fed. Baby's upset. Whatever they it had be. their needles yesterday. They yes. had a weird sleep. They it's a yes. new room that they don't know. That, oh, this ceiling looks different. Like, yeah, who knows? They're babies. And, but I do really think that you know, if you kind of do stick with it, um, it does kind of help with mother infant bonding and relationships yeah. at times. Because you, my understanding is that you use baby as kind of part of the program sometimes as well, you know, baby's on your lap and you're trying to lift your bum or, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. So it depends on the class, but I think one of the beautiful things that I find in here is even if your child is not there with you, you blank out other people's kids altogether. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that works? They're like, I don't care. I don't have to do anything. Your baby's <laughs> yeah. screaming, not my problem. So you just, yeah. you get in the zone and you just keep on working. So there's that, which is really nice as well. I'm quite understanding so there are times where I have just sent mums home because I'm like just go I'm not going to charge you just go no pressure yeah cancel your afternoon just go sit on the couch naked with your baby on your chest and watch some tv (laughs) order takeaway don't worry about the washing all that crap is still going to be there tomorrow go do that and then I've texted them that afternoon they're like oh they just they just slept on me all afternoon I'm like sometimes like you have to just give in to this phase of life because it looking back now I mean my youngest is almost three and Mm. it just makes me sad that it's over Mm. I know it's it's like that man at the time I couldn't wait for it to end yeah he was my hard work baby he cried a lot and he was beautiful we had reflux and it was just tough and I remember wishing days away I'm like oh when is this just gonna end and now that it's gone and I'm never gonna have it again I'm like sad. Yeah. I wish I'd, not that I wish I'd enjoyed it more because it was really yuck at the time, yeah. but it does go really, really quickly. And 
yes, just get through the bad times, but find the beauty in the bad times because it's usually there if you look just a little bit under the surface. So a lot of women return to high-intensity exercise after birth to try and lose the baby weight or get their body back and, you know, all this bounce-back rubbish that I can't stand. But why is Pilates, say, a better option to begin with after birth and why should and why should we consider what should we consider before returning to maybe exercise or pilates so what should we consider definitely consider your pelvic floor consider your birth and what it was like and also consider like are you sleeping are you eating well are you drinking enough water because these things will definitely 100% impact your recovery i recommend that everybody goes and sees a women's health physio at least once after they've had a baby just to make sure you don't have any asymptomatic prolapse you could have there's like three different types of prolapses that you could have any incontinence symptoms that you're experiencing so often the most common one is like a stress incontinence where you sneeze and a bit of wee comes out and although it doesn't seem like much that left untreated can get worse and worse red flag so I'm like it's a red flag go (laughs) yeah and The reason you want to go is because you want to find out, do you have an overactive pelvic floor or an underactive pelvic floor? Because the Mm -hmm. symptoms are kind of the same, but the treatments are really, really different. And, you know, you look on the internet, they do Kegels, I'm going to get a Kegel egg or this wand or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but if you have an overactive one already, doing more of those is just going to do more damage. Mm -hmm. Um, So becoming aware of your pelvic floor and having that input from a woman's health physio is my number one. Definitely go and do that. Secondly, doing something like Pilates is really, really important because basically it's going to set up your foundation. If your pelvic floor and your abdominals are working correctly and your spine is working and all of that is stable, when you then add in those explosive movements, all of that is going to stay together. Yeah. Whereas if you're like kind of loose and you never fix your, you could end up with injury, pubic symphysis pain. You could have weird pain in your hips, um, back injuries prolapse incontinence so I'm not saying never go back but the beauty of Pilates is it will meet you where you are and build you up slowly and a good PT and a gym that is really well versed in women's health will do that too Mm. so I'm not saying don't go back to your CrossFit gym but what I'm saying is please don't go back and do what you did before you were pregnant yeah on the first day back yeah if you were doing 50 jump squats maybe just start with 10 squats yeah. See how your body feels during the workout. If you're feeling things like heaviness in your vagina, bulging, if you're weeing while you're doing stuff, they are all flags that you should maybe pause, have a think about what you're doing, lower the intensity, the reps, the weight, and then build up. Like I don't ever mm. want you to not get back to that. I want you to get, if you want to be a CrossFit athlete, get back to there for sure but do it slowly with control yeah. and with a plan. Give it time. Yeah. With a plan. And, it, it, you know, it took you nine months to grow a human. I read an article last the other day saying it can take up to three years yeah. for athletes to get back to their pre-pregnancy level of athleticism. And this is a thing Whoa. because people say, oh, nine months to grow a baby, nine months to get your body back. No. Stop. I mean, maybe maybe nine months if when you had the baby, you handed it off to someone else and did nothing else. (laughs) 
<laughs> you got eight hours sleep at but night like, and you you're got... also hardly sleeping. You're probably not eating particularly yeah. well because you're knackered half yeah. the time to cook these amazing elaborate meals. If you're used to that really high intensity exercise, it is really hard to come and do a Pilates class where you're doing like cat cow and yeah. you know knee hovers, and it is going to feel like oh, I'm doing nothing. I'm not sweating. Yeah. I'm not. But yeah. it's getting that real important set of muscles to be working and firing. And so then Pilates can just be like your warm up. Then you go and do whatever because then mm-hmm. your core, your, your your glutes are on, your shoulders are ready, your pelvic floor is primed. So then when you add in that load and that that um, that explosive sort of energy like a jump squat, for example, all the rest of you is ready for it. So mm. then your legs can take over and really do what they're designed to do. Yeah. I am really passionate about um, exercise and, the, and this whole um, – sort of breaking down this toxic mentality of, you know, bouncing back or, mm. or that your body should be able to do certain things after you've just had this, oh, you sure. know, really drastic event in your life or change in your life. And I think um, I, it brings back memory sort of thing. So I, I did, I started um, Pilates uh, three months postpartum after my second, after seeing this osteopath and whatnot. And I think I was about, I must've been about six months postpartum then when I decided, okay, I'm going to like join this CrossFit style gym. Um, and I didn't run or jump forever though, because of my birth injuries and things, yeah. but I, you know, I just thought this kind of high intensity is what I need. And I, I definitely think that slowed my progress in healing and I, also, the gym itself was not well equipped for for women's health. I mm. mean, there were women there begging to them to stop jumping because they were weighing themselves. Again, I would get online and be like, "Oh my gosh, please stop jumping and go and see if women's health is here." Like, I would freak out. Yeah. And um, anyway, I still continued my Pilates though throughout. And I remember going to one of the classes one day and saying to the instructor, "Like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm just still so sore." And they're like, "Oh, did you do a class this morning or something?" And I was like, "Oh no, I." did Pilates and they were like, you're sore from Pilates? Like they were so confused. And I said, yeah, have you never done Pilates before? Mm. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, okay. So you're well-versed in one style yeah. exercise yeah. <laughs> and not for women's health. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, I'm rambling now. But I think that's something that's really important yeah. um, to point out here that, yes, Pilates may not feel like the CrossFit. No style or what maybe what you're used to but it is so effective yeah in helping your body recover you know a lot of elite athletes use pilates in as a part of their practice to help their bigger global muscles move better yeah. because the stability is in their torso and their core so there are baseballers that use it because it helps with their throw there are tennis players that use it ballet dancers use it all the time and if you can find me a more amazing live athlete than a ballet dancer I, I don't know where you mm. will find one so I think the fact that so many elite sports people are using Pilates if that's not sign enough that everybody should be doing it or that it is actually going to make a huge difference to your recovery I don't really know what else is so to sum up really it's about listening to mm. your body and Pilates for pregnancy and postpartum yeah. I would say is essential yeah, so would I. 
I'm totally biased, but so would I. Yeah, I mean, recovery, healing, but also preparing, you know, for birth and the postpartum and, you know, the periods where you can't be doing much. Yep. Yeah, I really see the power in it. And I think it's important that we listen to our bodies and we don't listen to, I guess, the messages society sends us to bounce back and and so be who we that. once were <laughs> so quickly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for coming you. on and thank doing so this. Much. Yeah, it's been so it's good. It's podcast ever. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. And you were brilliant. Oh, you were brilliant. You. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening and would like to share your story with us or feel compelled to talk about issues surrounding women's health, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. You can find us at The Power of Birth on Instagram and Facebook or on our website, thepowerofbirth.net. If you loved this episode, we would love it if you left us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and share us with your family and friends. The conversation has to start somewhere. Thank you again for listening and we hope you join us in the next episode.